Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Hey, I'm Kevin. So today, Kevin, we're talking about pulse oximeters. What is a pulse oximeter and why has it become popular of late? Yes, yes, a pulse ox. I have been reading about them more in the news recently. Um, a pulse ox or a blood oxygen monitor it basically displays the percentage of blood that is loaded with oxygen. Uh, more specifically, it measures what percent of hemoglobin, that's the protein in blood that carries oxygen, is loaded. Um, usually acceptable normal ranges for people without like pulmonary pathology are from 95 to 99%. And for a patient breathing room uh, at you know or near sea level, an estimate of arterial uh, peripheral oxygen can be made from the blood oxygen, blood oxygen monitor reading as well. 95 to 99%, got it, okay. Um, it's popular recently because COVID-19 is often linked to a shortness of breath and therefore low oxygen levels, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, because low loft oxygen levels can be a sign of COVID-19, people have been buying pulse oximeters to check their levels at home. The theory here is that pulse oximeters can help with the early detection of COVID-19 infections because COVID may cause initially un- initially unnoticeable low oxygen saturation and hypoxia. Uh, that said, the American Lung Association has recently released a statement cautioning that the pulse oximeter is not a substitute for talking to a healthcare provider, and watching for the early COVID-19 symptoms uh, established by the CDC is also important. You know, they don't want people to have a false sense of security if the readings are normal or false panic if the readings are low for other reasons. But it's still a handy device for a number of other reasons too. Okay, so let's talk about how it actually works then, because it's quite fascinating. Um, how does a pulse ox measure the blood oxygen level without actually taking blood? Yes, it is a fascinating piece of technology. So a typical pulse oximeter uses an electronic processor and a pair of small LEDs uh, facing a photodiode through a translucent part of the patient's body, usually a fingertip or an earlobe. Uh, basically, one side of the clip has a light, and the other side has a sensor and processor, and you put your finger through it. Uh, so when you clip it on your finger, it shines both the red light and infrared light through your finger, and it hits the detector on the other side that ends up uh, reading your oxygen level. Ah, so there's actually two in there, the red light and an LED that's also infrared, which have different wavelengths, right? Oh, yes, yes, you caught that. Uh, one, yes, one LED is red with a wavelength of 660 nanometers, and the other light is uh, infrared with a wavelength of 940 nanometers. So basically, uh, hemoglobin, that's the protein in the red blood cells that carry oxygen, uh, saturated hemoglobin if, when it's full of oxygen, and unsaturated uh, absorb different amounts of infrared and visible light. So by comparing the ratios that the sensor detects to the ratio that was emitted, it could tell how much of the hemoglobin in your blood is saturated and how much isn't. Uh, the short version is that oxygenated, oxygenated hemoglobin absorbs more infrared light and allows more red light to pass through, while deoxygenated hemoglobin allows more infrared light to pass through and absorbs more red light. Uh, the ratio of the red light measurement to the infrared light measurement is then calculated by the processor. Uh, this ratio is then converted to the the, part, the peripheral oxygen by the processor via kind of a lookup table that kind of determines your overall percentage. So how about the ones that are on an Apple Watch or a Fitbit? Same technology being used here? 
Yeah, yeah, the ones on watches and fitness devices that you might wear work the same way, except that the light is reflected back from your wrist instead of passing through the finger. Uh, the LEDs sequence through their cycle of one on, then the other, then both off about 30 times per second, which allows the photodiode to respond to the red and infrared lights separately and also adjust for the kind of ambient light baseline. So we did an episode on Fitbits and activity trackers a while ago, didn't we? Yes, we did. Uh, but there, the fact that we were talking mainly about the step tracking functionality, didn't, don't think we talked about pulse measurement at all. Uh, yes, I do remember that. That was an in- interesting episode where we talked about how to fool your <laughs> Fitbit or activity tracker. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Okay, now back to the final point on pulse oxes. Um, Medics do say uh, there are some shortcomings, right? So um, if you don't use it properly or you don't use it in the right context, um, we should make sure people know that just before we end. Yes, yes. For example, if someone has fingernail polish on, the, on then the light won't grow, go through the finger properly and you won't get a good reading. Uh, similarly, if you're really cold or have poor finger circulation for some other reason, there won't be enough blood going through to get a reading either. Uh, in that case, you need a special probe that can be stuck to the forehead or somewhere else to get a reading. Got it. Did you learn something new today? If you did, send us a tweet or send us an email. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have suggestions on future episodes. Thank you as always to the wonderful community at r slash explain like I'm five on Reddit. We will see you all next week.